This is Sheena Rodriguez, your host with Secure the Border podcast. Today is Friday, October the 14th, and I have a special guest with me, Professor Paul Ramon, uh, Raymond Boitron. I'm so butchering his name. I'm not doing justice. I'm really struggling here. Professor B, um, host of Gloves Off. He is a huge activist down there um, you know, in Laredo, and I wanted to bring him on to talk about what is going on in the beautiful city of Laredo. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss today's episode, and let's get started. Okay, so thank you guys so much for logging in. We are actually recording this video earlier in today, today uh, and we'll be airing it at our usual time at 7 p.m. So again, my name is Sheena Rodriguez with the Secure the Border podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for logging in and tuning in. Please like and share, like and share, like and share. Help us get this message out. Um, we are currently going to be going live on Facebook, Twitter, Getter, YouTube, um, and, and then, of course, we'll be uploaded later on in the evening to the podcast version. You guys can find it on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, iHeart, everywhere that you guys can find po uh, podcast. So please share that as well to help us get the message out there. So again, today is Friday, October the 14th, and I would like to introduce my friend, Professor Paul. Bu Say it for me. Say it for me. How are you I'm, doing, Sheena? You doing good? I am struggling, Professor B. He reached out, and I had the honor and pleasure of being on his show. He has been uh, training people. He has a uh, boy boy throne academy, academy. <laughs> where he has been teaching uh, those lo the locals there for over 30 years in, in, in martial arts. Um, in addition to that, he's, he's the host of Gloves Off, and we're going to make sure to get all of his information plugged in at the end because I want you guys to follow his podcast as well. And, of course, he's also a local advocate down there and trying to do all that he can for his beautiful city of Laredo um, to help to try to make it better and spread the word and, and, and address some, some issues um, you know, in a productive manner down there. So thank you, Professor B, so much for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me. It's, it's always a pleasure. It's a pleasure to see somebody that enjoys, enjoys their work and what they're doing. And I'm not really an activist. I just, I just stood up and said, you know, we can't be doing this anymore. You know, there's, and it's been going on for so, quite some time. We, we, you know, I'm from Laredo, lived, lived in DFW for many years, had a school over there and and other other venues as well. And when I moved back down, I started realizing that there was some type of um, issue with the government in the municipality here locally, you know. And uh, and I think we're having trouble. Are you there? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. And um, what happens is that you know things changed, and Laredo's always been a very political town. Um, and Laredo, at one it's never had a strong Republican presence. It's always been a Democrat town. Uh, the Republicans have really forgotten about Laredo for many, many years. But right now, we have a Republican presence trying to commit itself coming out, which is beautiful to see because you need to have both parties inside. 
but it's kind of hard to break the wall that's already been there established for so many years. And we see that all over the border and in a lot of these border towns uh, from the RGV, uh, you know, up through El Paso and everywhere in between, um, you know, the 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 Republicans for quite some time failed to reach out, in my opinion, failed to reach out to the Hispanic community, um, which which really now we're starting to see that push. Thank God, because, you know, I think and, and being that my husband is a first generation Mexican-American. Um, you know, my family is, is from Puerto Rico. Um, you know, we, we do come from a Hispanic background and our morals are conservative. And, and I know that you and I share a lot in those conservative values, particularly in the pro-life area. And, and, and so I'm thankful to see now that finally they're waking up and seeing that Hispanics really are our culture, our community, our values are conservative, and I'm thankful to see that 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 you know this democratic stronghold, um, which in my opinion, you know, really has has done nothing, um, whether if for any any of the minority communities, except for say that they're going to be their voice and promise them all of these things, which really, in my opinion, has kept these minority communities in bondage, you know, reliant on the government for assistance. That's not what we're about. We are hard working Americans who are proud. My husband, we've been married for 18 years, going on 18 years now. And he's worked two jobs for most of, 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 of our marriage because in I homeschool our daughter and it was very important. We've made a lot of sacrifices because for us, it was very important that I was home with them to help raise them, guide them. That's what we believe in. But my husband's always worked hard. I've always worked hard and we instill those values in our children. And so I'm thankful, like you said as well, that there is kind of this push um, to reach out to the Hispanic community. You see it now, uh, Sheena, and, and you start, you're seeing more candidates come of age, but I, st I still think they're missing the boat of how it is. Um, you know, um, and there's just different opinions on how people should run campaigns. Good enough. I understand there's a lot of different opinions. Each, each heads their own, their own world. But what I'm saying is that for such a long time, they've lost the school boards, the public officials that, that govern their school boards. They've lost the college trustees. They've lost the councils, the justice of the pieces, the courts. So when you try to throw in a candidate, well, you have all those people that are not working for you. And um, there is a lot of, um, how can I say, there's a lot of buyer's remorse right now with some of the elected officials that were elected um, in the last election. So you start seeing people kind of switch, who should we, who should we go with? Um, Laredo is, is nonpartisan. Uh, so you need, really need to research the candidate that's there. And then a lot of them are, are backed up by the Democrat Party. Then you start realizing who they are. And I'm not saying that all Democrats are bad. We have some excellent Democrats out there that, that have done a lot of, a lot of uh, work for it. But uh, and they've, now they have a bullseye, like everybody wants to go after them. And it's like, you know, if they've done something right, don't, don't, don't change it. You know, if something's correct, you know, there's no it change. Credit it. where credit's due, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So... There's a lot of, uh, you know, we have like Senator Safarini, who's an excellent uh, senator, Texas senator. You got uh, State Representative Richard Raymond the same way. You start seeing 
U.S. Congressman, and we can talk about those races, U.S. Congressman Henry Cuellar, who's brought something down to Laredo. He's like, he's helped the university and, you know, he brought down, he's a head of appropriations committee. Regardless of whoever we get in there, let's say we get a Republican in there, they're not going to be anywhere near appropriations committee. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be so many years before we can start seeing that help to all the nonprofit agencies that actually help out uh, drug addicts or suicide prevention or what have you, you know, that, that all that money has been coming in, not only to Laredo, but throughout, throughout that region. You need people that work for that. Um, so I understand, and I understand, um, let's get all Democrats out attitude as well. And, but we have some, some Republicans that haven't done anything either, you know, and you're like, all right, buddy, what do you need now? You know, and that or they've, like they've, helped to pro they've helped to further create the, the problem. Yes. Um, it's kind of, it, it changes the face of what's actually happening, you know, so you really need to study what, what's happening in Laredo to really understand what, you know, Laredo's is doing. Um, there's a fight right now that they want to have a binational park with walkways to and from Mexico and go as you please. No border patrols are going to be there and it's going to be 6.5 miles open. Um, and they're fighting for it in the cities. Kumbaya, let's get it done. Let's do this thing. Now, at first, it was going to be the federal government was going to pay for it. And the Mexican government is going to pay for it. Now it's like, no, the state and the federal and the city is going to pay for it. It's now, now it's not going to be 200 million. It's going to be 500 million. No, it's going to be 1 billion. No, it's going to be 1.5 billion. They have no clue of what's going on. To me, it's just the biggest grift that there is. But you see, you, you don't see the governor stepping in. You don't see the attorney general stepping in. You do not see the lieutenant governor stepping in and saying, wait a minute, you can't do that. You don't see the other Republican congressman stepping in and saying, hey, that's our border, too. What are you talking about? We're right. not, we don't maybe, allow that. Maybe so, this isn't so, such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So nobody's nobody's doing that. So it's kind of like it's it's disheartening to see and people are going like, well, let's go, let's, we don't want that. The citizens are, we don't want that. But the way elections are won here, it's who brings up the most votes. Mm -hmm. And everybody's voting. So this matches in a heartbeat. Right. Well, see, and, and I want to kind of jump into that because there's a lot more kind of even attached to this. People might be thinking, well, what's the big deal about a park? I want to kind of like jump in here a little bit and say, you know, th this has absolute relevance to even the border crisis as we know it for several sure. reasons. Um, and, and, and that people may not, that, that maybe have never been to Laredo or not familiar with Laredo. First of all, Laredo was one of the first trips, uh, that I took down there to the border almost two years ago. Um, and, and actually my experience there in Laredo is, was really an eye opening situation. And, and I want to bring this up because I think that it has direct relevance to the park that you're referencing too, uh, and some of the situations kind of revolving, and then we can even expand upon it from there. Uh, because 
when I first went to Laredo, the, the moment that I, and I've told the story a few times, the moment that I stood, like, w- stood up out of the car, and it was a long day, it was a long drive down there, because uh, I do live in North Texas, and, and I wanted to see things for myself, because just like that, too, I don't trust the media. I don't trust what's being fed from from anywhere, honestly, left or right. Um, and I'm one of those type of people that I'm like, I want to see it for myself. I want to understand it. And that's what I've set out to do for almost two years now with regards to the border um, and the crisis that's ensuing. So when I went out there to Laredo, I, I came out and I want to show this one little video. I, I went back and was finally able to find a little clip. Um, and I'm just going to hopefully if I can, I, I'm just going to show this. Um, I, I had an interaction with the one Border Patrol agent down there at the park, and you'll probably recognize it um, whenever it start, decides to start playing. Um, and, and, and it was one Border Patrol agent, and I wish that I could expand it here, but this is a group. It was one Border Patrol agent. We spent two nights um, you know, out there talking to, to, to the agents there and seeing this firsthand. This is actually a group of men, young men from China. Um, they are... But booty naked, going. Th- this is right there in front of a public park where children play. Um, and 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 what we saw there, this was just one group uh, from just the first night of over sixty that were heckling the one border patrol agent who was very proud. He's worked there for uh, you know for twenty years as an agent there. Uh, the vast majority, of course, uh, of of our border patrol agents across you know across the border are Hispanic. He was very proud. He went on to explain on how, you know, him and his his wife works with the schools there. Um, they love Laredo, their family, raising their families there. And he went on to explain on how, like, he looked at me when we first got out of the car and he said, I need help. We're being invaded. I need help. And I didn't know this, this agent from anywhere. And so that's when I listened to the stories. And what I saw in Laredo was a beaut- I'm a lover of history. Um, Laredo is beautiful and it has a very rich history. And all I kept on thinking to myself was if there was just some investments, I saw a whole bunch of homeless in the middle of Laredo. I saw a plasma center with with lines wrapped around the building for people donating plasma for money, you know, to be able to feed themselves. And I see, uh, you know, uh, agents who are, who, who are just, exhausted and tired and feel abandoned. And I see uh, a a historically rich community that if there was just investments put in the right way, this community should be thriving. uh, The people that I met there are beautiful, beautiful. I had such amazing conversations. And, but what I say to this is, is just from this fiscal year alone, over a hundred thousand, according to CBP, over a hundred thousand apprehensions, just apprehensions. What I know of and what I've seen from over the last two years is that Laredo deals a lot with uh, the smuggling, both drug and human smuggling, a lot of stash houses, you know, in there. And I've also saw with my own two eyes, the cartel operate uh, operatives operating on both sides, both in Laredo and in, in you know, in Nueva Laredo. And I say this, too, because that's one of the reasons why this is such a concern with the park, because all that this is going to end up being, God forbid, is, is just to fuel more of, of this. So take over and tell me your thoughts. Excuse me for interrupting, but yes, you're absolutely correct. It's going to enhance, in my opinion, and the opinion of many, the contraband of both the illegal contraband and human contraband, although and 
that's a problem. I mean, people are not seeing the dangers that we have right now. You're starting to see a lot younger people get involved with, within, within the underworld with this type of business. And they're using our 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds that have a license that can drive to go to, uh, how can I say, to drive illegals or drugs over the, over the checkpoint. Sometimes they get stopped, sometimes not. So we have a problem. And it's going on, and it's, uh, it's sad. Um, I understand why people want to come to the United States. You know, we're the, we're the best country in the world. You know, we have freedoms here. Some people are fleeing their freedoms in their countries. I understand that. We're not against immigration, legal immigration. You want to be your refugee, there's problems there. We'll help you. You know, that's what this is about. But when you're doing it illegally, you start going into the human trafficking side of it, the sex trafficking side of it, the rapes that you hear about, and so on and so forth. You know, I had a, had a several months back, I had a uh, Border Patrol show me some pictures there was a bag about that big talking about fentanyl, you know, and he goes, that can kill um, all the population of Texas. And I looked at it and I didn't know last week in Laredo, <clears throat> and this is being obscured from the media. You had six or seven people dying. I mean, you're talking about young people in their early twenties die of a fentanyl overdose here in Laredo and it's being obscured by the media. They're saying it, you know, we know about it because everybody talked about it, you know, it went through everything else, but no, it doesn't happen. So what are we here for? Are we here to, for the safety and the sanity of our people or we're here for drug trafficking or in, in contraband, you know, because if it is, then we all should be playing the game. But if it's not, it, and we're not, so we better stop it, you know? and People need to understand that regardless of the politician that we put in there, this problem's so deep, they're not going to fix it. Right. They're going to fix it. I mean, this, I mean, Congress and the Senate have been dealing with this problem for so many years, and they've been kicking that can down the line, both Republicans and Democrats, and they've been kicking it down, down the road here. You go, it's going to next, next session comes in, they'll deal with it. No, we have to deal with it now. And, uh, and they're not doing anything about it. And People, people's lives are at stake, literally. It's, it, they'll end up passing this, this, uh, this, uh, how can I say this park and people here in Laredo call it the cartel park or the binational park. They'll end up passing it. And then they're going to come on and say, Oh, wait a minute. You know, this is an invasion. What? You never did anything about it. You know what I'm saying? You didn't do anything about it. People say, you know, those 52 illegals that were found in the in the track in the tractor trailer over there in San Antonio. That trailer passed two checkpoints. How did how did it pass two checkpoints? They didn't see that. So, those are the questions we need to ask. Um, does that mean that our that some of our, our agents are tainted already by allowing this to go through? They look the other way. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not. I'm not accusing. But if it passed two, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm pretty sure that's not the only one that passed. 
Yeah. So we need to find where, where, where it's at and uh, where it's going. What we need to do, uh, it's Laredo. I don't know if voting is going to be the answer. I doubt it. You know, it actually has to be people saying enough's enough. Um, maybe we need to vote in some new laws. And I think right now we're, we're, to, we're at a chance that, that people are tired and need term limits. Mm. You start making a little bit of a change, you know? And you, you uh, touched on one of the things that, and I had, I had been saying this and I don't think people realized necessarily realize you touched on one of the things about the young adults being used essentially for smugglers. I have seen this. This is one of the tactics. Um, and this is when I say that, uh, you know, because living in a Metroplex area, I'm like, th this is hurting our Hispanic communities throughout Texas. And this is one of the, 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 the ways that they do it. Um, exactly what you said. They use social media to incentivize. They use these children, these minors, and from, from the Metroplex areas as well, from, you know, DFW to Houston, to San Antonio, to down there in Laredo. These are kids. I have an 18 year old. Okay. God bless him. He's not the smartest. Okay. He's, he's, he's just a young, dumb teenager, right? Um, he doesn't necessarily understand that the decisions that he makes today is going to impact, could impact the rest of his life. And you get yeah. these, these, these children like this. And I say children because I'm a mom. They're still children. They're still, even if they're 16, 17, 18, to me, they're still children, um, you know, being incentivized. And in th this right here, like you said right there as well with the binational park, that's just incentivizing more of these these children to be used to fuel human smuggling and i showed one of those pictures of a recent stash house and i showed on how that was over 30 people shoved into a home with a small child that you could clearly see in the photo what you're talking about right now what we're talking about right now nobody's winning everyone is losing these migrants that are coming over here illegally are incentivized to come over and then the, the citizens of texas and, and, and american citizens are also losing and it is time for the you and I both agree that it is time for our elected officials on every single level from the city, county, state and federal to stand up because they aren't doing anything. And it's us that is paying the price, the people that are paying the price. That's what I feel. You're, you're correct. And, um, you know, during during 2021, OK, you know, the pandemic was still growing. Um, all of a sudden. 175 doctors in Laredo came out. They said that all the small businesses needed to close. They, the city had to force them to close because there was a spike of 300 in over a weekend. And, you know, it was a bars and they were making a big shinding about it. These doctors. Okay. They all signed their name on, on this letter. And guess what? The spike was coming from two, from two places where they were hosting illegal immigrants who were all tested positive and they spiked the records, but they were blaming the small businesses. Mm -hmm. A week before that, the city of Laredo was saying that we didn't have a crisis of illegals. And all of a sudden that came out, they couldn't sustain it anymore that they said, Oh, oh yeah, we have problems in the border. Blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden they started changing their tune. Um, Laredo, it's a beautiful town. I love my city, but we, People need to go in there and go out and vote for some good leadership. 
and it, and it doesn't matter if the person is a Democrat or the person is a, a Republican. If they are good leaders and good listeners and they want to do something with a community to better it and to enhance it, let's go for it. Because this this uh, this voting straight ticket has produced some of the most how can I put it? Has produced some of the worst public officials that we've elected in our in our in our lifetime. And we better start researching each candidate. And, and I see you pushing for exactly that. You've had some local candidates that are running for some local offices there on your program with gloves off addressing also. And you're pushing, asking some of the hard questions saying, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that there locally? And I do agree with you in the sense of voting is not enough. People need to get engaged and involved, whether it's in their school boards, their city council, on the county level. Um, you know, the more local, the better, because that's where you're going to have the most impact and, and, and the highest likelihood of influence. If you have enough people standing up and saying enough is enough. A lot of these issues are not partisan. You know, the, the, a lot of these issues are like what we're saying. People are dying. People are directly impacted. People are suffering. These should not be partisan issues, Democrat or Republican. This should be the people standing up, regardless of your party, to stand up and do what is right. So what, what are some of the other issues in addition to the border? I know, like, for example, over there, the water has has been an issue for quite some time. Can you talk about that and, and some of the impacts there in Laredo with the water systems? Yes, um, Laredo has been looking for a secondary water source for many years, and they've never been able to pinpoint it. But at the same time, the infrastructure, the pipes, and so on and so forth of the majority of Laredo are over 50 years old. Um, some of them are 75, 80 years old now, you know, maybe more. Um, probably from the 20s, they started getting rebuilt, and then they did it again in the, in the 50s. So a lot of those pipes that had a certain 50-year lifetime, as the way it was explained to me, they're breaking. I mean, so it's costing a lot of water that uh, a lot of pipes that are, are being broken throughout the city. So here you're getting no water for two, three days, you know, because they have to fix it, fix the parts. Also, in certain areas, they're blaming it because the expansion hasn't gone this way. There were water bands because they had like you know uh, water. Imagine that you have to boil your water this day and age. And uh, oh, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix a water plant. So there's always some problem going over and over in the water plant, but nothing, no solutions have ever been done. And it's kind of like okay, soap sud. Okay, it already looks clean. Let's keep on going and let's let's pray it doesn't happen for the next two months. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think in the last four years, we've had at least three, four water bands, five water bands uh, that we have to boil water. And uh, I, I've seen where people like, it was say it was going to be water, right as well, like having to bring in water, like water, bottled waters and stuff like that. Um, that wasn't even that long ago that that happened. Absolutely. I want to say a few months ago, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it was something like 10 million to fix the pipes. They didn't have it or something to that effect. I might be wrong off the number, but yet they want to spend 1 billion on a park that's really not going to come in. I mean, it doesn't make sense. 
let's let's fix Laredo. Let's start fixing. Let's go back to our basics. Let's fix the security of Laredo. Let's fix our water issue because that's what we have to do. Make sure that the police treat the citizens correctly. Let's get some good um, police officers out on the street. I'm not saying that there's none right now, but we need to do that before we can start planning parks, international parks, and so on. So, you know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, oh, it's going to bring in tourism, really. I mean, you come in here, half the hotels are already taken. Why? Because half of them either have uh, police, National Guard, or or illegals in it. So you're not going to find a room. Where, where are they going to stay? You know, so, so there's a lot of issues that build before you can move forward. You have to fix that first. And we need right now, Laredo needs to vote in some good city council members that know how to negotiate, know how to have a vision of bringing these these teams, these heads of these departments together to start enforcing and strengthening the basics of Laredo, you know, water, trash, and before we can go anywhere else. That's the way I look at it. And, and, and I, I mean, I can see that even when I was there too, on the other side of, for those who maybe have, again, not been to, uh, to Laredo, on the other side of, of Laredo is Nuevo Laredo. And that is mostly, as I understood it and from what I saw, like an industrial part of Mexico. And so a lot of that runoff and pollution also go into the Rio Grande River, um, which runs right there along, um, you know, Laredo and obviously also impacts and a lot of the trash and everything else from, from illegal migration as well. Um, I mean, am I correct in that? Yeah, you know, we, we need to... Um, there's there's a local activist group that's always complaining about the river and they're the ones behind uh, this uh, binational park and they say that you know they blame everything on Laredo and and blame everything here but Mexico has a lot to do with it you know how come they're not telling them to clean up their water supply you know and People need to understand that, you know, we're not going to just uh, cry wolf over something, but, you know, if you're going to do something right, they, they better be doing it the same way. Um, that The problem with this park, and we go back to the park, is they said that it, everything was going to be paid federally from the United States. Then they said Mexico was going to pay half of it, really? And that Mexico was going to fix, if the United States pays for the park somewhere along the lines, then they'll fix the pollution. No, they should be fixing it anyway. You know, we don't need the park for Mexico to step in and say, you know what, I'm going to, we're going to fix uh, the pollution and what we jump off. Now, we, you don't need a park to incentivize you to go ahead and clean the park. I mean, clean the water. It should be your duty to be doing that already. You understand? So it's a, I think it's a bad idea. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I am for parks. I am for developing. I'm, I am for nature. I want, I want, I want that to grow, and I'll also protect all those species that they, they claim that that are being affected. But we have to do it right. We have to do it right. We can't just let's throw all this money into one billion, five hundred million to a billion dollars to one point billion dollars to. And we're not going to fix the water pipes. We're not going to look for a secondary water source. We're not going to go into, you know what I'm saying? Right. And and, and, and water is necessary to live. Uh, having clean water, we're seeing this. And it seems to me like it's an oxymoron 
to be investing nearly a billion dollars um, without any even real answer. And then we're, we're, the crime's not being addressed. Corruption's not being addressed. Uh, city roads aren't being addressed. You know, like you said, the safety issues and the water that literally every single, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, liberal, or conservative, you're all getting the same water from the same pipe that you would think that that is something that everyone would rally behind and say, we need to address this first. Our, you know, also as a mom, um, I, I would be very upset and, and very vocal politics aside and saying that this is my children are bathing in this water. They are brushing their teeth with their water. They're drinking this water. They're like, this is an, an absolute necessity. And until this necessity, this like nonpartisan necessity is addressed and these other issues are addressed. How about our infrastructure? You know, like you said, then yes, I would love to then work on a park, you know, to have a safe place. What good is a yeah. park if it's not even going to be safe for my children to play in. I, I you know, crazy. I, it, it's, it's redundant what they're trying to do. I, I don't see, I don't see where it is unless there's some, they're saying nefarious reason. And I hate to put that, that word in there with the, with the people that are involved or they, or are they just not thinking about it? You have to stop back and start thinking about the pros and cons and can we not, not all, not all ideas are good. And, uh, some of them are wonderful ideas, but they're really not good. They look good in paper. They look good in thought, but in practicality, they're not good. So, you know what I'm saying? You have to be rational. Uh, so stopping of kids getting involved with with uh, illegals and bringing them over the checkpoints, bringing drugs, being used in that fashion, that needs to stop. Uh, the police need to understand, and the, they have to they have to stop them. They have they have to be more vigilant. They knew who, they know who, where the stash houses are. They know who's responsible for it. Let's bring them down. Mm -hmm. And what what do you, what would you like to see? You know, I'm out there in Austin a lot. We're gearing up for the ADA session. I know that you made some mentions about it uh, earlier. You know that 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 why is some of the those who um, you know on the state level. Um, where are they in helping the the citizens of Laredo with this addressing like this issue with the binational park and some of the water and things like that? What would you like to see as we're gearing up for the 88th? You know, elections is, is early voting starts here in just about a week. Um, you know, what would you like to see from the state level, from from the state legislators and even the congressmen? But of course, the state has a lot more power uh, with some of these issues that we're talking about. What would you like to see from the governor, from the state you know, legislators office, things like that to, to really make a change there for your city of Laredo? Wake up and pay attention. That's it. Wake up and pay attention. Do something about it because you're not doing anything about it. Quit pandering. Quit pandering, quit, quit brushing off Laredo like if it's nothing and all of a sudden something happened. Oh, you know, they sent all the problems to Eagle Pass and Del Rio, but they didn't send anything over here to Laredo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they send National Guard here, but we didn't have the problems that you see in your videos and the videos of others that, that have filmed this issue, okay? We don't see that here in Laredo as you do in Eagle Pass and Del Rio. We don't see it that much or south. Laredo's kind of like, yes, they're coming across the border. Yes, we all know that. But you don't see it as the abundance of people coming across. 
I think that what's happening with Laredo is they're passing it in trucks. And what they're passing in trucks, it's the other commodities. You know, this is a main vein. So it's, uh, you're not going to see the illegals, the you know what I'm saying? Like, the large, like, like the you large see it in other, entering other ports. Hundreds. Yeah, right, right. Well, you and I think to me, and my point, though, those that do come over there, you do have more of the smuggling, trafficking issues. Like you talk about, you see a lot more stash houses, issues of stash houses. You see a lot more issues of, uh, and not that they're not happening in the other sectors. It is, but that's not what I'm. That, that's not what I'm saying. There in Laredo, like even when you look at the numbers, yes, a hundred thousand is a lot, a lot of apprehensions in a very, you know, in, in a small uh sector, but it's one of the five sectors here sure. in Texas, and it's one of the lowest in terms of apprehensions overall. You don't have those big, real big groups like you do under the bridge in Del Rio or in El Paso, what we're seeing, uh, you know, or the RGV, of course, but you do have more of the human trafficking and the drug smuggling as well. And that's to me is even scarier in some aspects because that's where people are more li likely to die uh and be exploited yep. as well um and that's very disturbing and, that's, that's, and uh but again like i tell you uh the laws and everything else has to come in from from uh from congress and senate and they're not doing it so this problem is going to continue we're going to elect some people up there that promise they're going to change, make change. And here we go. And all of a sudden, five, six years down the road, we're going to be having the same conversation we had today. And uh, things will change. Little issues will change. Maybe now they have something else. But we're going to be having the same immigration problems five years from now as we're having today. And, you what know, unfortunately, what that's it. That's that's just where we're at. What, what, if what? Any, what I said, that's like where we're at. And it's the truth. You know, uh, we are where we are because of the failures of both parties to address. But I do, you know, what President Trump's immigration policies did make, well, they were not, they were, they were not perfect. Nobody's claiming that they were perfect, but the stats don't lie. The numbers don't lie. And the border patrol agents and law enforcement officials and the people that I've spoken to from their RGV up through El Paso all say the same thing that it was vastly better under president trump what is there any policies specifically that you can recall um that that were specifically beneficial um you know from maybe president trump's policy that might have made things better for there for the city of laredo is there anything in particular that you can recall like any policies that might also help the city of laredo specifically no nothing specifically I know, uh, I know when I had visited to, mm -hmm. I know when I visited to the, 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 the towers, um, and this was, again, I haven't been down there in quite some time. I'm hoping to make it again soon. Um, but you know, the towers, the border patrol towers with the cameras were, were very effective in other areas, but where there were no wall. Um, I know some of the concerns that some of the activists down there, um, you know, with the access to the river and the walls and things like that. But when I had and I had photos of them, of the Border Patrol cameras, the towers that were a month after President Biden took office um, that were taken down. And according to them, they said, yes, like these towers were effective. These cameras were effective, um, especially because in the sensors and the eyes in the sky, you know. 
Um, so said. that's. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you're absolutely correct. We're the ones that are, we, the people that we have elected are the ones that are doing this, causing this problem. This could have been taken care of a long time ago if they would have done their job and they're not doing their job. They're, they're, they're causing it more. Okay, let's remove it. It's no longer, we don't need it. Just like what you're telling me now. So you're like, really? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Make it make and sense. <laughs> you know, so you're like, uh, you're going to see 20 years from now, hopefully not, or 15 years from now, 10 years from now, they're going to put, you know what? The wall was something against us. Let's bring it down and oh, everybody's going to come back again. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we're doing it to ourselves. I mean, I hate to sound this way, but you know, both the Democrats and the Republicans have caused this problem. Mm -hmm. And now they're pointing at, at, at the people and that live in the border towns and they're kind of like, well, what do you guys want? No, you guys caused it. Fix it. Fix it. There's no if, buts, or wars. Fix it. Fix the problem. Do you want more men or do you want drones? You know, we have new new drones over here. Probably because somebody's buddy makes a drone and they're gonna make they're gonna make a killing and they're gonna sell the, the drones and they're gonna sell the you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what's gonna happen. I mean we we um we have ethics commissions uh, over there and when and you see see a lot of elected officials federal elected elected officials all of a sudden make huge impacts in stocks and so on and so forth and they're sent to the ethics commission and the ethics commission doesn't have any teeth mm -hmm. okay okay you can't do it anymore oh okay all of a sudden the son's doing it the daughter's doing it understand Insider treat the seat where if, if you and I would do it, we'll be thrown in jail. You no know what I'm saying? Contracts and it's no big contracts and 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 you know, fun, in my opinion, so a lot of it is like extortion off of the back of human exploitation. <laughs> That's my view. <laughs> you know, so I mean, they'll say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do security. We got drones now. They're gonna be flying over. Somebody's somebody's son or or daughter knows somebody that makes those drones already. I mean, they're looking at this as price, and you're not going to find out about it 20, 20 years down the road. I mean, the Tillman Act was done, and they don't use it. They changed it so many times. Right, you know, they amended it. Yeah. I mean, we have to. I don't know. It's frustrating. I, it's frustrating when, you know, so it, they're all in cahoots. That's the way I look at it. And, if, you know, they might like it or not. And we might say, oh, you know, you, you're, you're wrong. Hey, I can take slack with it. But I, in my opinion of what I've seen, I think they're all in cahoots. Every single one of them. The governor, could have, could have, the governor could have quashed this easy. But he's in an election time. Let's send the, the state troopers over there. Okay. He'll send all the state troopers over there and 35 was open. Understand, what, you know, and you're like, okay, uh, um, all right. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, no, now let's bring them out on 35, but 83 is open. The corridor over there is open. You, you know, and then it continues. It goes down the road. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, um, 
we are the ones that have to make the decision and say, you know what, we don't want you anymore. Sorry, we're going to vote somebody else out. And we're going to vote somebody else in. We have to do that. I hate to tell people which way to vote, and I'm not telling you that, but I think you have to exercise your way to, to vote. Do your re research. Understand the candidates. Understand who's behind it. Mm -hmm. And then you can learn a lot. Understand who, who are their donors for their campaign, and you're going to understand a lot. Understand who are the ones pushing it, because there's different cliques in both the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. There's there's cliques there that if you if you don't belong to one, you're not going to get elected, and you're going to get elected to do what we're telling you to do. And people say, no, that doesn't exist. We're Republicans. Oh, no, it doesn't exist. We're Democrats. Oh, yeah, it exists. Wake up. Mm -hmm. Understand? <clears throat> it most so, certainly does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what would you like to see change this election? I would like to see, you know, I, I am, I have been a strong proponent of the Republican Party. I am a precinct chair. In my opinion, um, you know, Beto is not an option for several reasons, not just on the immigration front, but for several reasons, particularly the pro-life issues, um, you know, and, and, and for me, the border issues are an extension of the pro-life issues, because like, in my opinion, what I've seen is the exploitation of human beings. And I do, I I've been, I've called out Republicans, um, more often than not. I'm willing to speak the truth as I see it with the evidence. And, and, and like I said, for me, I go straight to the source. I don't rely on media. I go straight there and I see it. I look at it. I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm right there on the forefront boots on the ground. Um, you know, and, and it is that, but I am frustrated. Um, I do believe, you know, I'm going, I'm about to go block walking my precinct um, you know, it, with my letters. And I do think that, you know, for me, Governor Abbott, and um, especially in my area, uh, of course, too, I live in Tarrant, right? So it's a little bit different. A lot of our local races, the judges and everything else, um, you know, for, for the schools um, and what we're facing up here, um, the climate's a little bit different. But, you know, I am really tired of having our voice as conservatives you know, and in, in the in the values that we put that I push being silenced. And there is this fraction. Um, same thing like you said, there's clicks. Um, there's there's it, it's it's the establishment on both sides and it is the people. And I think that that these are the honest conversations that we need to be having. People, I encourage you, look, look, if I was, you know, down there in some areas, um, my my good friend uh, Frank Lopez Jr. is running a get that would if I lived in his district that would be the first time I did not vote for a Republican I would be voting for an independent why because I would feel that that is the best candidate um, you know Absolutely. we have to start being willing to do those kinds of things in in that way so it it is scary. I'm with you mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with you 100 that we have to start looking and we have to research number one research each and every candidate, get to know them. If you have a problem in your area, pick up the phone. If, if they're a candidate right now, pick up the phone and say, Mr. Whatever, you know, and um, I live here. I'm one of your constituents. Uh, there's a empty lot. Is there any way it's been vacant for many years? Is there any way you can look for that? 
and see if maybe you can turn it into a park or do, do something for the kids in, in the neighborhood that's here. I mean, it's been vacant for the last 25 years. I mean, is, is there anything we can do about it? You know, the kids go out there and play baseball. Why don't we fix it up for them? And uh, we, as, we as citizens can't, it's private property, but the city or the county or the state can even say, you know what, we're going to put the money and let's fix it for them. Understand? And um, that, needs, that needs to be done more. And people need to call their, their candidates now, find out who they are. And if they don't get a call back now, don't vote them because when they get voted in, they're not going to call you anyway. So right now, it's, just, it's, a, it's a good way to see what type of pe person that is that's running. Call them. You know what? We're going to be having a party, of the block party. Why don't you come down and meet the people? If he shows up, great. If he doesn't show up, well, then you guys shouldn't vote. I mean, people need to start doing that. Not, oh, let's just vote him in because he's Republican. No, let's vote him in because he's Democrat. Let's all vote him in. No. Sorry. That's the end of the story. No, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. And, and you know, for me, and I said it before, when I say that I want to turn, you know, Tarrant County red or the border red, I mean red with the blood of Jesus Christ. I am a believer. Um, and and the, the, uh, there is the true establishment on both sides that are not serving the people. And I think one of the biggest things, too, that I absolutely admire about you um, and, and everything that you're doing well, it, doing as well is, is focusing on the most local of levels. I think even then on, on all sides, people focus on the president or maybe the governor, you know, um, maybe even far less their state representative and even far less the school boards, even far less the city councils, um, you know, and, and that's where a lot of the power is, you know, in the county levels as well, you know, the county uh, officials as well. I think even doing even more research and vetting of those candidates, like you're saying, is even even much more important um, to do that research as well. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, you have to do that because that is the community that we live in for, you know, um, and those are the people in there. Some, you know, people might say, who are you going to vote for, Henry or Cass, Cassie? I want to vote for Henry. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait a minute. You're, then you're not a Republican. No, I forgot. I stopped all that long ago. I realized real quick, you know, the right and the left wings are the part of the same bird. So we, we're going to get people that are going to help help the city that we live in. I hate to sound that. No. And that's but who you feel like is the best person. Yes. Do I agree with everything that he's done? No. Do, but Cassie's never come around anyway. You know, you're like, so you call her to invite her to, for an interview, never call back. So you're like, really? Is that the person you want? Fortunately. You know, and but then we have some some good. Um, how can I say? But that race, I'm going to be all honest with you. That race can go anywhere within the person that's going to win that race is by four points. Mm, real close. And it can go either or. It can go Kathy, Henry, and it just depends on who goes out there. And, and it's a very close race. Um, you hear a lot of people here. You know, Jessica Cisneros goes on here. You get a lot of people that 
comfortable with her and were supporting her, saying that they're going to vote for Cassie just to get Henry out, get, get Wyatt out. And they're like, okay, well, do whatever you want. Because they know that in two years, they can bring in Jessica and beat Cassie. Mm. Go, it's well, always a game to be played, isn't it? in two years, there's going to be some other people. You know what I'm saying? You're like, really? Okay. So people might go in there, you know, today I asked a question to uh, to a, a gentleman. I go, what's what's more important? For you, for you to be the most popular candidate or for you to be the favorite candidate? That's the one that they're going to vote for. Everybody wants to be the most popular. How about becoming the favorite? Because that you know means I mean? it's earned, you've earned your place amongst the constituents that you set out to serve. And, and yeah, that, that, that is a big difference. And you know what? And I think that yep. this is, that this is one of the things, you know, that I, I just admire is again about you as well is that you speak frankly, frankly, and, and, and you're not afraid to speak boldly and what you believe. And, and I agree wholeheartedly. People need to do the research. They need to get involved and, you know, and they need to start asking the hard questions. And if, and if you're not even willing to show up, like you said, you know, to local events, uh, to meet the people that you're asking to vote for you, you know, things like that, that says a lot. How are you then even going to be willing to, to, to serve me and hear me out and hear my concerns when you're in office? And I think that's, that's a strong, valid concern and valid points um, that I greatly admire. So, you know, and it's okay too. another, I say this all the time. You know, it's okay for people to disagree. There used to be a time when people could sit around a table and have co open conversations and agree to disagree on certain things. But that's how you work through. That's how you think about these Absolutely. things. And that's how you make a real change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just. It's we need dialogue. We can't be saying. We can't say, you're going to go for that. We hate you. Let's block block the business of, of this individual because he's going to. Now, understand where, where the person's coming from. You might learn something. And in fact, you might end up helping each other in the future. And people need to understand that's what politics is. You know? So um, I see, I see <clears throat> there's several Republicans running. Um, and they're running against very tough Democrats. You know, you have a, a lady running against Senator Safarini. And I'll say it right now. I think Safarini is going to, if she doesn't win by 70 plus points, there's 70% of the vote, then there's something wrong with, with, with her. But she's done a lot in this area. Here's the problem. you got people that should be running for school board, should be running for city hall, they should be running for councils, they should be running for justice of the pieces, and start building up that base of Republicans for you to have a good, solid base on the, on the ground, and then after that, go run for Texas Senate or Texas representative or U.S. congressman. You haven't done anything. What are you going to come here and tell me that you're, oh, really? You know what I'm saying? Where's your base? It's not there. It doesn't exist. You have to put and the work in. Town is that way. Every school, every school board member is a Democrat. Every justice of the peace is a Democrat. Every judge is a Democrat. Majority of city city hall is a Democrat. All the constables are Democrat. The sit and all of a sudden you're going to run. There's no way you're going to beat that just by by sheer numbers. 
not going to happen. You have to be willing to put in the you work. Know, and I would bet on you, you know, and I'm not a betting man, but it's going to happen. But if what we can't, what can happen is going to the school school boards, start changing them, start changing some of the JPs in certain areas, start changing some of the constables, start moving that way, start building. So 10 years from now, you have a strong Republican thing. And if you don't have that, that nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and then maybe one of those that has been around for two, three years, terms, and people know them can run for U.S. Congress or state rep or what have you. Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's and my that's, point. I'm that, that's exactly why I entitled this episode "Laredo is worth fighting for," because there are good people down there. Um, there, there's some real issues down there, just like there are in so many other border towns and, and, and in metroplex cities across Texas. We need to have these frank conversations. We need to talk about the issues that are impacting the people. And we need to talk about, are we willing to fight for it? Are you will? It's no longer acceptable enough. You know, oh, I think I lost them to go from, you know, to just vote straight party tickets. Um, I agree with Professor you know, to sit there and say, yes, we need to earn, earn people's votes, go out there, hear their stories. And I think we lost them. <laughs> I think he fell off. Oh, I think he's coming back on. Um, I lost. Okay. Him. Yes. I lost you for a second, but yes, I, I, I was closing and I was saying that, yes, I agree that Laredo is worth fighting for. These issues are worth talking about and fighting for. And that across Texas, it's no longer acceptable. And I agree with you. We don't just vote straight party, you know, take it down. RD, I don't care. Uh, yes, I, I'm advocating for the Republicans right now, as I will always be because, and I'm fighting, but within my own party, I am fighting for the conservative voice. I'm fighting to make a change. And you have to do it from Absolutely. the bottom up. Exactly like you're saying as well. You want to come combat and be, you know, go, get our message out there, you know, as conservatives, as Republicans, get out there and fight for it. It's worth fighting for the this town, the city, the history, the culture, the people are worth fighting for. Um, and we need to get that message out there. And what we stand for as a party, we need to do better. We have to earn those vo- those, those votes. We have to earn it. So I appreciate Absolutely. you. So much. You know, I appreciate you for inviting me, and and uh, thank you for for inviting me. And hope uh, everybody sees a different point of view. And you all can reach me if you want to have any any questions. Here's my email: it's puitronacademy2012 uh, at gmail.com. Send me something anytime. What? Go ahead and please also plug in your social media. Where can people find you? Your website. And I'm going to make sure also that it's all in the links when the broadcast actually airs, and also where they can find your podcast to follow you. Absolutely. They can go at, at, at Buitron Academy on YouTube and you can, you can find me there. Gloves off. You can use gloves off uh, you can, on Facebook as well as Twitter and as well as in, uh, in YouTube. I want to thank you. We have to do it again. It was fun. We need to, uh, when you come down to, to Laredo, let us know beforehand for us to take you to good, some good restaurants. I would love that and, so much. And there's a lot of things that we need to do. And everybody, everybody's special, and everybody's fighting their own niche in their own in their own little corners of, of where they where we all live. And sometimes, you know, people say, "Oh, he's a Democrat," but yeah, he's also saying the Our Father. 
he's a Republican. He's also saying the Our Father. It's our same God that runs it. So we have to come together and maybe through some good dialogue, we can change what's going on. But unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, there's the extremists on both sides that keep fighting. And uh, we conservatives are the ones in the middle. And we're the ones that need to stand up and say not enough. Absolutely. Well, 100% agreed. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so very much. God bless you. And I look forward to the next time. Thank you so much. And I'm going to come down and visit there soon. I can't wait. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be here. You'll be safe. Thank you. Be and safe. don't vote. And you know, folks, um, if you have an 18-year-old, 17-year-old, take them with you when you go vote. Let them see the process. Let them ask questions. Let them be around you because they are our future. And if you do not teach them, somebody else is going to teach them. And that's going to be where that's where the problem is. At. Amen. Right? And, te and teach them how to do the research. When you're researching your candidates, like we talked about here, when you're vetting them, teach your children how to research. Teach them. Don't just go off the opinions of the media or what who this person saying this or go and research, teach them how to do it, teach them how to think, not what to think. Two totally different Absolutely. things. Absolutely. So next time, thank, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank, thank you. you. Be safe. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to the Secure the Border podcast. Again, I am your host, Sheena Rodriguez. I appreciate you, I appreciate you guys listening uh, and listening to the conversation Thank you so much, Pastor B, for coming or for <laughs> Professor B for coming on today and, uh, and and spending some time with us and having these discussions and in talking about how Laredo has been directly impacted, some of the issues that they're facing. And really, truly, honestly, I hope that some of the Republicans, um, you know, that 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 hear, hear this message, hear what he said, hear the conversation that we had. Uh, we need to do better. We have to do better. Laredo and cities like Laredo are worth fighting for. These people are worth fighting for our heritage, the culture, the history here in Texas. Laredo is a one other small city, um, you know, here, part of the great state of Texas that is worth fighting for. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Find us on securetheborder.us, securetheborder.us, along with some of the action items. Um, and we'll be traveling here soon. Again, I'll be going down there to the border soon. Uh, and, and also um, up there to Amarillo, the panhandle, to go speak and out back out there to the hill country. Make sure that you guys get out there to vote. Um, if you live here in Tarrant County, I posted my precinct shared letter for 3036. We'll be going block walking this weekend and this week coming up. Um, early voting starts the 24th, I believe. And then, of course, uh, November is right around the corner. So, guys, get out there. Um, be active, get active, engaged and involved. And let's continue to do all that we can to secure our sovereign state border and save our sweet Texas. God bless you guys. And y'all have a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in.